0: Hello, welcome to Studio Talks. My name is James Swift.
1: I'm Josh McNaughton and our guest today is
0: Mike Hurt from Super Productions.
1: Hey, Mike, you okay?
0: I'm very well, thank you. Yourselves?
1: Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, so, how are you doing in the lockdown, and do you have any advice for people who may be struggling?
0: um i'm coping fine with lockdown now i think at the beginning it was a massive adjustment um and it meant like a lot of plans or a lot of things went out completely out the window so it was very difficult i think as sort of time's gone on i've managed to distract myself by doing sort of up for creative things online which is what you guys are doing which is brilliant mm-hmm and just sort of engaging with people I just try to focus on other things like trying to lose weight and try and look after myself a bit better so I'm coping very well with it now in the beginning it was tough but I always believe that there's other people that are suffering a a lot more than I am really so for me I'm not at home you know stuck with kids or I'm not a key worker or anything like that so you, you know I have sort of count my blessings so to speak i suppose my advice would be anyone who is struggling is just find ways to keep yourselves engaged um, yeah, definitely. even if even if you just speak to uh, a friend online or you message someone or you know just or just find some sort of release and also just try and you know get out if you can and have a good look go have a good walk around have a go for a stroll just take in this time because i can guarantee that as Exactly. Life moves back to normal. You won't get that again. So I would just say embrace the time that you've got now to focus on yourselves.
1: Definitely. I mean, there's never going to be a time it? for a very long time where someone just says you're allowed to take time off. Just enjoy yourself a bit. Um. Yes. In, in in terms of finding that thing to to you know kind of take your mind. What is your specific, Have you had a specific thing throughout this lockdown that you've kind of worked on? Yes.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, with soup, we've tried to keep engaged as much as possible because we were, we meant to have a, a show done in uh october which obviously we've had to postpone to next year which hopefully it'll still go ahead um what we have done in the meantime is i've been producing little radio plays um, oh, really? yeah using zoom because i got very quickly educated on what zoom could do and how brilliant it was my friend danny had to teach me how to use it and how you can record stuff. yeah um, so I thought, oh, once I can record sessions, I can maybe put some little plays together. So we we did some radio plays which have just gone out on, on our YouTube channel and they've been received really well. Um, I managed to write a few of them. I helped produce, direct them. And we got the cast involved along with people outside of our group as well to get involved. So that's kind of what we been working on. And today we actually went out, me and one other cast member went to... Uh, went to a pub in Stockton Heath that, which our friend runs and we were able to do like a little short five minute socially distanced um, play uh, yeah. or film which I'm going to be editing and putting together so uh, currently work on that. I'm also a part of other groups as well and we've been finding ways to try and keep engaged with, with them as well so that could be quizzes or little social events as well so that's kind of what I've been working on really during oh, this time. Awesome. That's brilliant. That's really good too. I'm just planning ahead. I think really. Yeah, exactly. It's now focusing on, you know, right next year, potentially we can start doing more things and just look at some of what we can do and, you know, look at the potential risks ahead. So that's been good.
1: Really? How did you get involved in the studio?
0: Well, I got involved when I first met Jackie Florick, the legend that is Jackie Floric. Um, She uh, I, I met up, I was like talking about, I think it was about over 12 years ago, to be perfectly fair, I think I must have run into her after a show or something, and then she was talking about it coming, about the, the Queen's Hall studio coming back, and I was, I've been really on board with that ever since, you know, I remember when we actually went to the, uh, to the site for the first time, I think it was about 2007. And where it was just all hanging wires and dark, no lights, it was grungy mm. and horrible and whatnot. And from then I sort of, you know, the group that I was running at the time, which is Split Ends, I we wanted to set up a residency there as a, as a regular drama group. So um, once it reopened, we managed to get in and do our rehearsals there. We've done a few shows there as well um, over the years. Uh, we've done fundraising events in there. So the, the studio has... You know, I've always supported the studio returning and what it does and what its central message is. Yeah, uh, to supporting, yeah, to supporting young artists and, you know, try and give people a platform to learn how to perform and how to uh, engage with, uh, with the with the public, and you know, in, in return of that, you know, we've tried to use the studio as much as possible over the years as well, so that it generates as much income so it can keep going as well so um mm. my involvement mainly is with louise at the moment who runs it who's marvelous who's probably six to the back who's probably <laughs> sick to the back teeth of me because every so often i text say can we do this
1: i was can gonna we- say i bet she like not not you spe- specifically i just mean I, I wonder how many texts she gets a day where it's lou do you mind if we do this or luke because she was be,
0: probably a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bless her she's so patient about no it, definitely it, and
1: probably. she she is definitely the backbone of the building isn't she
0: um, oh she is yeah. she completely I, I think she embodies what this, what the studio is about um and i think that's great and i think that she actually leads the charge on a lot of things that go on with the studio and i think one of the things that i've really liked is what the studio has done during has done during lockdown um, yeah definitely the, it's done the studio sessions which are fabulous by the way you know, fantastic yeah, yeah. hosts. Uh, I must say, <laughs> um, you know, I just like little little fun games that you guys have done, and like some m- little music videos, and I think it's good for morale, and I, hopefully, it'll be used as a way to encourage other people to get involved with the studio as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, the the first week of lockdown. My first thought was, okay, so how do we do work <laughs> while well, because I was like, how yeah. do we not physically? How do we do work without physically being in the studio? So, no, I think I completely so, agree yeah, with that. And, it was a lot different for me, weren't it? Because I didn't do any the de- editing and stuff, did I? Yeah, I was just, exactly. You know, I wasn't bad nice so I was just... Yeah. Mike's gone. How are you, Josh? I'm Paul. <laughs> Mike's already sick of us. <laughs> no, I had, I had, I had to
0: really shut the door because my stepdad is been extremely loud next door. He, he doesn't realise that I'm actually being recorded, so I had to go in. So I thought you two are talking, so that's great. I'll just, uh, I'll just go and shut that door quietly. So apologies for that. I wasn't. Oh really no, don't,
1: not be silly. Sorry, no, um, <laughs> no, we always, we always like to address when someone walks off because it's just, um. Anyway, sorry. Um. So uh, what inspired you to pursue theatre?
0: Oh, I think it's in my blood, to be perfectly yeah. fair. I think from the minute I, I I came into this world, I think I just thought I came out with jazz hands and went, I'm here. Um, I, I started, I think I started out when I was about eight. I went to my very first drama club when I was eight. And it was at the Shopping City Library um, little theatre, which is... There's a little cafe area under the li- in the library. I'm not sure whether you I think you guys are too young to remember it. Which uh, library library you on? bought? The one in Witness or the one in Runcorn? But the one in Runcorn. So in oh. Runcorn there used to be a cafe area just back in the yeah, day. I, don't remember right? that.
1: I, don't I think to- I've only ever been there once in my life.
0: <laughs> Right, well, thanks for aging me, guys. That's I know, it's... It's... I've got socks older than you. You know, <laughs> there used to be a little cafe area underneath that theater, underneath the library. There was a little tiny theater, and I used to go down on a Saturday morning for a couple of hours and just used to learn, learn how to perform. That was the only place. And then when we used, to, and then when we used to do our end of year shows, we used to go to the Queen's Hall. Um, so we've, I've always done shows and loved it and just loved the the opportunity to show off a little bit, which I think every performer does. F1 performer mm, every performer, performer who says they don't is lying. It's an absolute lie. If you are happy to get up on stage and perform and show how good you are, I don't think it's a it's a bad trait. You know, you've got a yeah. talent to use it. And then sort of over the years, like I went to college with it, I went to university with it. Um and then within that I was involved with drama clubs and then I set up my own and then down the line I got I I joined other groups and then got asked to do other things and obviously soup happened. soup is sort of my magnum opus if that's if if that's the right word. (laughs) I've just always done it and I've always loved it. I didn't get into the writing side of it or the producing side of it until much later in in life i think it was after university when i wanted to start producing my own stuff and producing and collaborating with other people on original stuff and that's kind of where that's come from and now as much as i love performing my my central responsibility now is to encourage others to create their own stuff and to give them a platform which soup does so that's kind of mm. where i am now with it
1: we get we get we've had that a couple of times where the people who've had, we've asked about this has said that one of their favorite things doing is watching people you've you've kind of taught and and wrote for and directed to actually go on and do great things Does that make sense we've had that a couple of times um
0: it's It's a great great feeling isn't it it's great to kind of feel like you've succeeded in some Mm, way definitely it doesn't it doesn't it's a bit like if you're a good manager at work you know your job is to make people other people great it's not down to you to be great. Yeah, exactly. I'd I'd be much happier watching someone who I've taught over the years or I've encouraged over the years go on stage and go, I'm now ready to do it. You kind of become like Mm -hmm. a a proud mother bear. I just go, oh, (laughs) my boy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's
1: in the nature of teaching, isn't it? Like that's, that's what teaching is all about, watching people go on and
0: blossom awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah <laughs> i'd become, become jealous of them at the same time you go yeah that, that was going to be my next I, I was just about one. to
1: ask do you think there's a little bit of you that if you did teach someone who went on and did amazing things would there be a little bit of you that's like i could have done that a
0: <laughs> <Bit embedded>. always <laughs>
1: yes, always <so> <laughs> i
0: could just, I just turn around and say oh they would have got nowhere <laughs> about me how dare they no i don't think that at all i just think good on them Uh, They've Mm. obviously, I've obviously helped shape in that way. And if I don't, if I, you know, if I don't see them again down the line then, you know, as as sad as that will be, it just means that they're in a much better place and they are doing what they want to do, which I think is always a a benefit for me. Really?
1: Cool. Um, What what is the origin of um, soup productions?
0: Oh, the origin of soup. Uh, so on the, th- on the seventh day Soup was created um, no it, <laughs> Soup sort of came out it, it, had a bit of a weird, it had a bit of a weird beginning because Soup started out officially as Real Thing Theatre in 2016 so there was right. me, Danny Shaw Mike Ridd and Simon Cho, very good friends of mine, happened for many years uh, we did a show called Bouncers which I think James worked tech for yes I did yes Yes, you did, and we drove you mad because we kept changing our minds.
1: I often call bouncers the reason I got a rabbit, because <laughs> with the payoff, I went, I went, I went home, and then the next day I went out and got a rabbit, and I was like, "This is, this is to relieve stress."
0: That's absolutely fantastic. You know what? I will, I will take that accolade. I encourage someone to go and buy a rabbit after <laughs> a show. Yeah. I will take that. That will be on my gravestone. Encourage those to buy pets. Yeah. Um, but we did bouncers because uh, we 've always wanted to do it, and it just it was the right opportunity. I needed to uh, find a new outlet somewhere and We did it, and we made around five hundred quid at the time. Uh, it was really well received at the same time soup was sort of a, was merging. We did a Halloween show in October, which no one came to see sadly um, and from that. We decided to keep Soup going, and then we sort of merged both, and then we put the money that we had into Bouncers into Soup, and from there, we had our first show in Grimm's Valley in 2017, Um, and from there, we've just started to grow gradually, so we did our first show in the studio in 2017, we've then done a couple of fundraisers still at the studio um, since then, and then we moved into the Brinley for 2018 and 2019 to actually do our first fully-fledged theatre shows, which was... Uh, Murder at Capri Manor in two, 2018 which is hilarious and that mm. we've got two sold out performances of that out of three shows which I think is pretty impressive for a new group okay. and uh, The Dawn of Dracula which was last November and that got a sell out performance as well and from there we've just every show we've made has made money and we've had new people join in uh, but yeah, that's that's where the origins come from. If you want a deeper meaning as to why it's called soup, it's because we were looking at uh, the, a for and We wanted to, something to feel uh, collaborative. We wanted something that feels like a, a mashup of everything, right. not just theatre. And we just and soup was there, and we we're like, oh, we, could, we could put anything into a soup. And that's what, and that's why it's called soup productions. Brilliant.
1: I'm, I'll be honest with you. Normally, when we ask people what the origin of a name is, they say like, "Oh, it was just the first thing I saw. Or it was such a thing, or whatever." And I, that's, I genuinely thought super thought I bet that's like they just saw soup on the cupboard or something. So that's actually really good to hear that it's we got a meaning
0: behind. At the time, <laughs> 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 why no? No, it just. It's
1: mean. nice to hear that it's got like a proper meaning behind.
0: What? Yeah. <laughs> kind of hope so you know Mm. it's it's not particularly deep it's just we wanted something that meant collaborative and we didn't want to pick something that was a bit for what of a better phrase bit bit woolly so Mm. we just bought soup and actually it's a good conversation starter yeah definitely Um, when when people say why are you called soup so then we go into the whole explanation as to why it's called that and everyone's going oh that's that's good so Mm -hmm, they said are you going to do a show one day called big soup that'll be good If we, if we run a kids group one day, we'll call that Little Soup. of we'll Little Soup and Big Soup. I mean, that's
1: that's kind of what I was just about to say as well, where soup is very good at including all ages, where you often have a show just for, for the full family and then one for maybe more grown-up people, you know what I mean? I, I always find that quite interesting about soup, where you always have a good uh, variety for people, if that makes sense. Um, so it-
0: that's I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That's lovely to hear that. I mean, at the moment, our we we only take on people from the age of sixteen, um, just for insurance policies. Mm. More than anything else, we just can't get insured for younger. I'm not mm. saying it's something that we won't look into in the future. It, but at the moment, I think our youngest member is about sixteen, seventeen, and I'm probably one of the one of the eldest. Um, you know, feel feel free to disagree with me at any point. Oh yeah, um, no, no, definitely not. No, the, the ship has sailed. <laughs> um, but we have got a good, we've got a good mixture, and I think that's why we work so well. And because sometimes with, with multi-generational groups like that, um, it can be very much us and them, and the younger lot against the older lot. And We just don't. We just, hmm. I think we're a little bit immature, to be perfectly fair. That's me why we get on so well. But we, we, talk about the same things we laugh at the same things we all find comfort in each other and it it doesn't become about it it, it's not about age or about experience it's just about us getting together and doing the right thing by the show by the audience by us as a group and I think having um, different people of different age factors helps as well because like the younger lot um I might be shooting myself in the foot by saying this but the younger lot will understand stuff like social media better. They'll have mm. more ideas about how we could promote to a younger crowd. The older ones will have the experience to say, "Well, maybe you could advertise this way." Actually, they see there's the people in the group. They will, they will get in touch. They will get in contact as well. So that it kind of it works a little bit because it just means that everyone can get involved. Brilliant.
1: So um, how do you feel like the arts have been affected by lockdown?
0: Uh, it's just been blown by a massive bullet. It's, mm. I think COVID for the world of theatre and any sort of performance is basically one massive grenade that's been left and it's gone off. Um, I, I definitely think it's going to be one of the last things that opens up when yeah, definitely. COVID eventually ends. I know there's discussions now about theatre, socially distancing uh, and all that. And I think it's great. that those co- I think it's lovely those conversations are now being had because I was a bit worried it was getting left in the background. I mean, it was only a few weeks ago when I was watching the news and it was the first news article that i'd seen or heard that was focused on theater and this was about three months after lockdown happened it was like that conversation hadn't happened mm-hmm. um, i you know i think my my concern is is yeah you can how you can socially distance an audience and you can include masks and stuff like that i'm always going to be thinking about how you That's how fun. you have actors engaged and how you have yeah, dancers means. engaged I and mean, particularly particularly with plays that are very romantic driven you know you've got you've got plays that require access to kiss you've got shows in which dancers have got to be entwined quite intimately i just think how you get around that i do think that it will move on to a much more manageable state at yeah, some yeah. point um i think somewhere someone will come up with oh we could you know oh we'll do it like this i think as long as I think as long as there is a good plan in place and everyone feels safe and everyone to go out and enjoy it again, I do believe we'll get to that point. I think it'll take a little bit of time. It may not happen overnight, but I think as time goes on, I think there will be steps put in place to try and make it at least enjoyable for people. I, it's good on a separate note as well. It's good like for the financial side, like the government is actually now stepping in I mm. I agree with that. I think it's good that they're stepping in to help fund uh, theatre, try and get it back in the public sector. Um, but I just think it'll be it'll be a slow process. But I think we'll get there, and I think it'll be it it'll maybe not maybe not go back to how it was, but I think there will be a new way to enjoy it.
1: Mm. Definitely. Do you think there's? I just thought. I'll be honest with you. I thought of something when you you said about um, how do actors in romantic relationships do do, and I had the thought of like a guy and a girl who were side of the the room, and the one of them saying, "Come and kiss me," and then he goes, "No, I'm social distancing." <laughs> like, that's just a joke.
0: I may write. I may write one of those in my own plays yeah. at some point. Social COVID. COVID, COVID, COVID,
1: COVID the, play, the play.
0: COVID the play, which <laughs> can have cast at two, mile, two, two miles, two, two miles, two miles. <laughs> that's a little bit too far out, but two meters. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. I think. I think. To be honest, I think there'll be some brilliant, creative person out there who will do that. Yeah. Who will try and. What a better face? We'll make we'll make a joke of it, and yeah, we'll make, yeah. we'll make we'll put a positive spin on the situation. I think that'll be brilliant, and I think it'll be funny, and it'll be mm. clever. I mean, we we've sort of talked about you know we wanted to do a show um, when we come back a, a much smaller show to just try and sort of get people back in, and we've talked about little things that we could do. We could do sketches in which they're two meters apart, and mm. Uh, we could have an introduction in which we've got masks on and no one could hear a word that we're saying. Um, you know, I, I, that could happen. But yeah. I, I think, yeah. But I agree with you, I think it would be a good creative choice to try and take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, make light of it, because the thing is, is um, I think...
0: The world's serious enough, isn't it? Let's yeah, well, open. I think we
1: need someone to go, isn't like, not isn't this funny, because it's not funny at all, but like, let's make a joke. Well, not a joke out of it, I'm going to stop that pedaling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> someone to try and put a, yeah, exactly. a, a music Positive. adult to it, you know we, we've got, we have a lot of people who do stuff online, who do like singing videos and will do big serious bits of poetry and drama and they're absolutely great but I think in situations like this I think where we as a country excel in, is our sense of humour I think that's what we do really well, so why, there should be someone who can who could do that I probably will have Mm. a go at some point just to risk it and anyone that's always going to be the main thing but I think as as long as you know that fine line as to how far you go with it exactly yeah it'll it'll be stuff that people could whinge about like I whinge when I go to a shop and I've got my mask on and my eyes are melting and you know you know but hopefully we'll get around that definitely
1: hopefully um so what was your what's your what was your favorite show you've done oh, oh. yodo Yeah, <laughs> yodo yeah, yo yodo yo
0: yo yeah i enjoyed doing yodo um like yodo <laughs> yo the, the Russian <laughs> ballet i did um yodo um, <laughs> um oh, i struggled with this one because i love every single show i've done uh well not every single Um, but I think in terms of plays, because I've done plays and musicals over the last few years, doing musicals has been brilliant. I can't really sing a note, but I I perform really well in them and I do okay. Um, But um, in terms of plays, in terms of plays, I'd have to say my favourite one is Bouncers. Um, Just everything went right about it. It was the right play at the right time, it was four guys trying to play 35 different characters. And that's what I enjoyed doing. And I enjoy doing more than one character. And there was no big set. It was, ch- and it was just a, a great vibe. The rehearsal's were really good form. There was very little stress. The the audience absolutely loved it um, as well. Uh, and we, you know, we make money from it. I, I know you don't, oh, I know money's a big factor in it, but you don't always make it just to make money. Mm. Um, but that was my favourite, my favourite uh, play. I think is, I think in terms of musicals, I, th- I think my favourite one has have, would have to be Greased. I did mm-hmm. Grease in 2016. That was my first one with Centenary Theatre Company, um, who took me in. And... I, I loved it. It was just the best experience and I got to learn new things about myself as a performer. I got to meet new people. I, it, was, it was essentially like starting over again because I hadn't been a part of a new society in over 10 years. So mm. it was very nerve-wracking and I was lucky enough that I auditioned for something. I got it. I got the part I wanted and then I got to learn these dance routines. I got to meet a whole new bunch of friends. It was just a brilliant experience. So I think in terms of musicals, that, and maybe Oliver, I, I have a mm. very soft spot for Oliver the Musical. Um, but yeah, they're definitely my favourite shows, I think.
1: See, um, I always do this, um, I answer my own questions. Um, if I had to answer that question for you... That's a very good show. <laughs> um, no, um, I genuinely enjoy bounces Like I it, it's one of those things where Thank you. in my head when I look back at it I go, that was such a, a cool experience to be part of. Um and Thank also your Grimms um Grim's Brothers, the you know the Grimms Brothers one.
0: Oh Grimms Valley, yes. yeah yeah that was I genuinely
1: I thought that was it was hilarious and it was so funny. Like it was really well done as well. And yeah, no I really like that. And it was interesting as well because I always find the Grimms Brothers to be a really interesting topic to write about. Um so yeah, yeah that's, that's the answer good, to the question that I
0: wasn't asked. <laughs> it, was a good def, it was a good, it was a good, it was a good one to do Grimm's Valley. I think it was the mm. right one for us. We have talked, me and Danny and I, Danny who is also runs suit with me, who's like so brilliant. Um, and we just bounce off each other. I think that's what makes suit run so well because we both get on so when we think the same. Uh, we've talked, we've talked about potentially we could do Grimm's Valley again one day mm. um, and just give it a much bigger platform, you know, give it a much bigger set if we if we need to but yeah it was I think it was the right show for us to start off with and then from that we've been able to build and build and build
1: definitely um it reminded me of um no it was gonna
0: it reminded you of no
1: no (laughs) (laughs) the word no (laughs) it reminded me of you know like with the simpsons when they do like
0: one-offs where they do like a three-part she House of Horror. Yeah. But they did well, one actually, I, was like... thinking, I was thinking about the Family Guy one when he did fairy tales. Yeah, that exactly. Was a, that was a really good... I think that's kind of where it came from. I thought, oh, that's, I wonder if I could do a darker version of... Not as funny version of that. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's where it comes from. But I think the good thing is fairy tales always exist, and people are always reading them, and yeah. people are always putting new spins on them. So... I think they're an easy tool to use and they're a good tool to use because if you can get kids in early enough and you can give them a really good production of something, they'll demand to see good stuff as to go along. So yeah, mm. I appreciate that. Thank you. Cool. Um, so
1: what got you interested in combining music and theatre?
0: Um, I think it's just always been something that I've been interested in. Um, uh, I've only really got into musicals, I think, in the last few years. I think the first one I did was Little Shop of Horrors. I, mean, I did some at college, but the first proper one that I did was Little Shop of Horrors a few years ago, which is um, a brilliant musical. Um, hopefully I'll be able to get involved with that with another society one day. Um, what I think what we try to do with Sue is uh, we try and make things multi-platformed. So mm-hmm. when we try and do shows, we don't just focus on theater. We don't just focus on acting. We try and do projects that will include music. Like when we first started, uh, we did uh, Claire Williams, who was a part of Soup at the time. She put together like a yeah, little yeah. music event uh, to help fundraise for Soup. Um, when we've done the variety shows and we did movie night last week last year, not last week, uh, <laughs> no one came to that last week. Um, we try and do songs incorporated with sketches as well. And then we try and do dance as well. Um, and we did a dance piece in Dracula as well, to just sort of vary it up a little bit. I just think it's very difficult nowadays to just do a show that's just focusing on words and people speaking for about two or three hours mm. at a time. So I just think it's important to vary things up and you will have people that will prefer music to straight acting. You'll have people that will prefer straight acting to uh, theatre, your people that prefer dance so you, you try and incorporate everything, I just think it's important to if you can, include all of those aspects um, into whatever it is you're working on Do you think it's a do you think it's like a
1: um, a given to kind of put music and acting together, urban theatre together?
0: I think it's become more of the norm mm. nowadays, like it's I spoke to someone a while ago who was like I've never actually seen a straight play. I've never sat down and watched a play. I've always watched musicals or I've seen concert reviews or whatever. Um, So I think people are more, I think because there's more people doing musicals nowadays and that's because they're big sellers and Hmm. they get audiences. It's natural. So everyone wants to go down that route. Um, I do think there's still a hidden market for people that are just theatre purists, who mm. just want to be in plays or they want to watch plays. I'll be honest, I, I prefer to go and see a good play. I would like to go and see a play, try and work out stories and work out characters without someone having to go, ha ah! every mm. five minutes. Um, I, I still enjoy musicals in that respect that have script as well and use um, performance. Uh, but I think I always have a special place in my heart for plays, because I'm being honest, that's how I grew up. I didn't grow up with uh, a musical group, there wasn't my, my school didn't do um, musicals, They mm. very little did drama. Um, so I've always grown up to know plays are my thing. So when I came into musicals, it's something new to learn, but I think plays will always be where my heart is and where it, but where it belongs. But I think it is difficult nowadays to try and do a, a, a show of some type without there being music or without there being dance or artistry or even projections, you know, using visual aids as well to sell the show. I think because the audience is more sophisticated nowadays, I don't know about hmm. you guys, but I kind of feel like because the audience is more sophisticated, you've got to try and keep their attention going Definitely, the, yeah. the whole Definitely. time. Sometimes two blokes on the stage is not always enough to get to keep people entertained. So I think you do have to dabble, so to speak.
1: Excellent. Um, what inspired you to write in direct productions?
0: Um, oh, I think over the years I've kind of I've written little things like when I started out, I did I, read, I did Houghton Radio I think back in the day about early 2000s. And in that I wanted to do a show that included sketches. So I just started writing stuff. And when, I think I really got into writing when I went to university, because part of what you had to do in your third year is you had to put on a show. You had okay. to And everyone else was doing Brechtian theatre and doing whatever else. Um, and I actually worked on my own because I wanted to do something by myself. I wanted to create a one-man show sort of feel. Um, and also as well because I'd done the whole thing of working with my university colleagues and as lovely as lovely they were there could be a bit of a headache uh because everyone wants the same thing and I thought I'm not doing any of that I could just have that internal dialogue with myself and I just, part of the thing that I wrote was I wrote about different characters in a block of flats and I just wrote right. I just wrote different characters and I wrote different bits and different jokes and from that I thought actually I quite like writing, I like writing I think as the years have gone by and when I used to run Split Ends, and now with Soup um, I kind of see it as a good outlet for me to write and I actually now get to a point now which I prefer I prefer to write just bear me a sec
1: You okay Josh? Mm, good, yeah Have you had a nice day? Yeah don't have me tea after this. Oh oh no. Oh god. I had mine before. Uh, yeah. no, I'm having
0: my I'm having mine after this, to be fair. Yeah, just, uh, oh god,
1: was I the only one who had it before?
0: Yes. <laughs> Ever.
1: We, we were uh, like we were ten minutes late for this recording because I decided to <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, it's fine. Uh where was I? Yeah, so I kind of now I kind of enjoy writing more now because I kind of like the idea of creating a world and creating characters and, and like the cast that I currently work with with Soup or anyone that I have written group things for people and I like that feeling when people read them and just go oh, I'm gonna go for this I'm gonna go for that and oh yeah. my god it's such a well um constructed script so um, that's kind of how I got into it. Really, it's just I found it by accident. Like a lot of things that I do in life, I find it by accident. Uh, but it's a good it's a good accident to have. Mm. And I think over the years I've finessed the way I write stuff. Um, I focus more on structure. I focus more on uh, on character. And yeah, I suppose it's it's kind of my strength. Really, I think it's one of my main strengths that I do have. Um, so hopefully it's something that I'll keep doing as long as people want me to do it really do you think I mean
1: do you think directing comes hand in hand with that or that come later on
0: um I do I do think that there has to be a certain part of there has to be a director's sort of mind on you when you are writing these things Mm. because when you when you write something you kind of see it and you kind of think oh this is where they'll be this is when they'll be talking to this person. This is what the set will look like. So you kind of, you've got two hats on at the same time. What what I try and avoid doing is I avoid directing stuff that I've written because I don't think you can be mm. objective when you are, when you've, when you're directing something that you've already written.
1: Right. Because you okay. kind of
0: closed your mind off. The brilliant thing Particularly with Sue now is Danny directs the shows and Danny mm. does a fantastic job and he has a well, fantastic wealth of experience. Um, and we had Haley who came in last week to not last week again last year to co-direct Dracula. And
1: yeah. what was
0: great about it is you hand over that script and you sort of just go, can you make it work? And when they turn around and say, oh yes, we'll do this, we'll do, they'll think of things that I've never thought of in a million years. And That's what makes right. it a good collaborative experience
1: I think that's um, the director's job isn't it to be like I've, I, I see these words now I'm gonna actually make it into something that you may not yeah. have even
0: imagined the why have you written this uh, I, I suppose that's the only advantage of being a writer is that you can have your imagination run away you can type it mm. like, somebody else's problem now <laughs> and then Danny says to me he texts me going Dracula <laughs> rises out the coffin how how yeah, how? <laughs> how is that gonna happen? Um, you know, but you you start that's kind of where it becomes fun then because you mm. kind of start discussing, okay, can we we think we could do this and we could do it well and then you get your cast involvement as well and they will come up with things that you've never thought of, not just with the practicalities but with the character side of things as well. They'll come up with things and you go, Oh, I never wrote it like that. Oh that's interesting. Mm. And I love that. And I'm not I'm not a shrieking violet when it comes to stuff I've written. Um, I believe that once you write something you pass it over and it's up to people to make it work. You can't be precious. Unfortunately I have worked with people that are precious about when they've written something
1: mm.
0: and it, it kind of is it's a it's a no it's a dead end the minute you do that. I just think I always don't get me wrong if I, I Will always stand my ground if I think something has has got to stay in for a reason or it has to be in a certain way. There's a there's a reason for it. If I can argue about it uh, and I can argue my case, then then so be it. But nine times out of ten, I don't have a good argument for it or there's not a strong enough argument. I just go, all right, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you have to have those. You have to have trust. If you don't have the trust to. To believe in the people that are making your work come to life and you might as well just do it yourself exactly yeah. you no know, i i just rather people would create it themselves and create the best version of what i've created
1: mm. make it work Brilliant. so what advice would you give to people who would want to write and direct productions
0: don't Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) no what i I would say (laughs) if you are an aspiring writer and you want to write just write doesn't matter doesn't mean that it won't go anywhere it may never see the light of day but if you've got an idea in your head and you think oh i want to put that onto paper whether it's a novel whether it's a play whether it's a uh, screenplay radio play, if you want to do it Just do it. Sit at a laptop, write out, because nine times out of ten, I'll just write a load of rubbish and then I'll go back and edit it Mm. and then I'll keep tweening it and tweening it until it becomes right. I would just say just write. And I think most importantly, and I've had friends that have done this in the past, is they start to write stuff and they never finish it. Finish it. Yeah. Finish it. No matter how much you get writer's block or how lacking you are in it, you have to finish it because you're doing yourself a disservice. With directing, because uh, I've directed a few things. I've not directed as much as people like Danny or people with Centenary I'm just about to go and do my first big directing job, so to speak, and that's with centenary next year. I'm directing the stage version of Lolo. Oh,
1: wow. Uh,
0: based on the, on the BBC sitcom, and I'm mm. really looking forward to that, and that's going to be... Uh, but I've stepped up in that way. I think the best advice I would... Give is look for the opportunities to develop into that role. If you're in a position to shadow some a director, do it because I did mm. that and I learned so much. They will go through things with you. Watch how someone directs, read a few things about how it is to direct, know what you're good at. Um, and just don't be afraid to take the opportunities and learn as much about backstage as possible because the, the thing with being a director is you have to know everything about the theater not just being a being an actor it's not always enough you have to understand how you know how your actors work because each actor will have different requirements you have hmm. to understand how it needs to look good on stage you have to look at the technicalities of what you're doing you have to look at the staging you have to look at costume budget is a massive one you have to look at how can you afford to do this and can you Stay within the budget. The budget that you're allocated. Can you make it on the cheap? Just look for those opportunities. And there's quite a few things like masterclasses that exist online. Go and get into them. Uh, but if you're serious about it and you want to learn, by all means, then go and do it. Do, we'll encourage people who want to direct, who want to write, who want to learn stuff not just about on stage and. If people want to get involved with that side of things, then by all means contact us on our Facebook page or via our email, and we will happily chat with you. We'll happily give you advice. Um, but yeah, just just go and seek those opportunities because you you won't you won't get them automatically. I think that's what people have got to realise in life is like you won't get handed everything. You mm. have to go and want it yourself. Definitely. Particularly, there can be people who. Who just want to do it and actually don't want to do it for the right reasons? Uh, They just want to see their name in lights, or they just want to be accoladed. And it's not about—it's a lot of hard work. I mean, I've seen again. I'll use Danny as an example. Danny is someone who embodies being a director uh, because it is a lot of hard. It is extremely hard work, and a lot of hours go into it. A lot of time, a lot of commitment goes into it. So, if you're serious about doing it, and you want to put the work in and you want to create something that everyone will enjoy, then do it. Absolutely do it. So where can can people find Soup Productions online? I'm guessing that was supposed to be at the end. (laughs) Um, Yes, so we've got a Facebook page at the moment, which is facebook.com slash Soup Productions UK. We're on there, we're on our Facebook page. Uh, We've also got an email address, which is superproductionsuk at gmail.com. And that Thanks. will come straight through to myself. So you can even message us on Facebook or you can email us directly. Uh, and we do also have our YouTube channel. And they can, they can actually find examples of our past work. So if you are interested and you want to have a look at what we've done previously, then we've got our works on there for people to look at. But yeah, that's the best way for you to get in contact with us. And we welcome, welcome new people for 2021.
1: Brilliant. Excellent. Well, thank you for doing that seriously. It's been absolutely great. Um, really it has been enjoy fun. This
0: one. It's really been guys. Um, and can I just say, you know, well done to you guys for making these sessions. They're really good to listen oh, thank to, you. and good, good fun. And I think they need a much bigger platform. To be perfectly honest, I think a lot Watch of per- local performers and community mm. people can learn so much. So, for oh, the good work, Cheers. guys. Cheers. Thank you. guys thank you. Thank um, you I'll too. see you. So
1: I'll, I hope you all enjoy your dinners. We're just... (laughs) See you later. See you soon. (laughs)